Twitter is podcast. This is episode <laughs> 36 of Insert Credit. I'm the fully recovered Alex Jaffe, and my favorite game I've never played is God Hand. Whoa. Uh, I, I am the, uh, well, as usual, Frank Cifaldi, and my favorite game I've never played is God Hand. Oh, man. Uh, oh, you go for it. My uh, my, I am uh, Tim Rogers. I am a paragon of health because I only eat almonds and spinach. And uh, my the, my favorite game that I've never played is probably Near, because I played every other Caviar game and I deserve it. And I'm the one who made Caviar popular. Okay. <laughs> every every post on insert credit that was uh, everybody loves Caviar as the tag that was written by me. Um, I'm the. Probably healthy. Who even knows? Brandon Sheffield and my favorite game that I've never played is uh, Killer Seven. Let's say. Again, that game blows. Oh, then I guess I'm I'm uh, I'm in good. You're that's, that's Good luck for me. Okay. I like I liked it at the time. It might still but be good, but it's bad luck. Good. Bad luck for me, not having played Nier. So Tim, my air. You did the best at the lightning round last time we podcasted. Yeah, oh, oh, I know. Yeah. So that means you earn the right to ask our inaugural question. Well, for my inaugural question, I'm going to go ahead and talk for a couple of seconds here. Okay. Uh, I've been playing this game, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, right? Which uh, is MGRR. MGRR, which is really dumb. I don't think Revengeance is a dumb title because I understand that uh, Vengeance... Uh, revengeance is a real word. Uh, revenge is just the word revengeance uh, popularly shortened. I understand that. Uh, I don't know if uh, Hideo Kojima thought uh, he was making up a new word or not. Um, I, was, I, I tweeted last night that Metal Gear Rising feels like it was written by a nine-year-old. And I lost 20 Twitter followers. And I, I, uh, I got like hundreds of tweets at me saying, you know, but it's good for games to be wacky. Games should be wacky and dumb and weird. And meanwhile, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean it was wacky. I meant it felt like it was written by a nine-year-old. Like like Hideo Kojima said, here's the plot. Uh, there's a scene where a guy has a sword to a guy's neck and he's going to kill him. And there's a guy who doesn't want him to kill him. What do the guys say? And it's like, guy with sword, I'm going to kill him. And then guy who doesn't want the guy to die. No, don't do it, <laughs> right? That's, that's what it feels like. There's no punch-up. There's no punch in it. The plot is also terrible, but let's not get into that. Uh, it's completely different reasons. It's a whole other can of worms. So my question is, uh, uh, it, yeah. we, do you forgive games for being wacky? Do you forgive games uh, for being oh, wacky no. because they're video games? Do you ever feel like... There's a game you've forgiven because it's wacky, and you're like, it's okay for it to be wacky. It's just a game. Why Maybe is that when I was a opinion? kid. I think when I, I was kid. young, when I was a young person, that probably happened. Because uh, I was, like nine, I hadn't had very, I hadn't had very many experiences in my life yet. Um, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know about stuff. So when new things, when I was confronted with things that I perceived as new, I was like, cool. But then I learned about the world, and then I realized that very few things are new, and most things have been done before. And mm -hmm. uh, then I stopped forgiving things for being... I, for, I stopped giving things extra points for being wacky and weird. Although, I'm not... I, I don't know if I can say that with 100% confidence, because I do give extra credit to stuff that tries hard. Mm -hmm. um, that is which, that is stylishly virtuosic as yeah, long but, as it's trying. But that's that's not necessarily wackiness. That's like it's like we're we're attempting to have a style here and I yeah. I, I have I can respect that sort of right. thing. I think it's the same genre of excuse. Uh, Metal Gear Rising, I was telling Frank and Jaffe before we started that I've I've never seen a game that is like this graphically, stylistically confident, like it's it's crazy how how much stuff is going on during the cutscenes. Like like it just it looks kind of amazing. So it it blows my mind, and I'm like I really appreciate the gesture going on here. But again, the dialogue has no punch. And so that, my answer to your question, I guess, would be that I reject games that 
appear to be trying to be wacky. Um, yeah. And I love games that are uh, that are that are serious about themselves, but happen to be wacky because uh, the author didn't know any better. And I'd say that's mm-hmm. true of any form of entertainment for me. Now, see on the on the other side of this question, there is uh, uh, what are games with good dialogue? Are there games that have punchy dialogue at all? I think Portal does. I've anything thought about by, this a lot. Yeah, anything and, and, but Tim Schafer does. But yeah, I think what else? that I think. Um, Left for Dead's is not bad. Yeah, that's uh, um, pretty good. Yeah, it's, that's Valve it's, as well. So it's also Valve. It's, uh, it's the really Last hard. Express had a good uh, script too. By the way, yeah, it's hard to think of really good dialogue, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I often have to write um, dialogue for video games, and um, every time I write it the first time through, it's well, it's it's hard because sometimes you have to get information across. In or, if you're not making a story game specifically, you have to get information across with what you're saying. And so it mm-hmm. kind of necessarily comes from a stilted angle because it's partially informational, which is pretty... It's limiting. Um, so then, the, so the first pass of everything that I write winds up being stupid, and then I do it again and I make it a little better, but then I speak it out loud and I'm like, well, that's awful. No one would ever say this. And then I have to do it like five more times, and then I come up with something that, like maybe a nine-year-old would have written, and that's about <laughs> that's about <laughs> where I, where I stop because it's good enough. No, that's it's not true. But I, it's hard. It's really hard to do. So what um, you're saying is nine-year-olds write the way we speak. That's right. Sounds <laughs> pretty good. Anyway, it's not a bad deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess. I was going to say something, but now it's like, who knows? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was typing something. God darn uh-huh. it. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, just, just type some more stuff. Yeah, Have your own private well, conversation no. while we're doing this yeah. podcast. That's no, this not a is the it's, uh, Insert it's Credit quote. Podcast. Hey, whoa, whoa. I was about to say my thing. Okay, go so, ahead. So uh, uh, I, I had to write a tutorial for a puzzle game uh, today, my own puzzle game, and I think I did a pretty good job of – communicating exactly the manner in which the game is played without uh, it sounding really dumb. It doesn't sound dumb. Like, you can you can fit a couple uh, uh, eyedroppers of cleverness into something without it sounding, like, too clever. And yeah. I've also been watching the show 30 Rock, mm-hmm. uh, where the characters act like nine-year-olds, but the, the script is just so thoroughly punched that... It's got just jokes and stuff. One-liners just kind of popping all over the place. And it's not like The Simpsons where, as I was telling Frank and Jaffe before the podcast, the last episode of The Simpsons I watched was like five years ago. And within the first 20 seconds, they show a guy kicking a leprechaun for like no reason because let's show a guy kicking a leprechaun. It's like you can talk about this at your office, workplace, building tomorrow morning or afternoon, right? And it's like – but in 30 Rock, it's all contextual, and it's all related to the subject, and everything kind of <laughs> pops along. It's like, why can't we have games that are punched like that? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a funny game. It can be an action game. I agree with that. Um, it's, it's easier to do that when you are the owner of that product. Yeah. And uh, like some of the games that I've had to write, I'm uh, coming in late to the project. Like everything's mostly done, and I'm just writing. Uh, I'm writing around what, what the existing framework, and I don't necessarily know how all this stuff actually goes. And um, I think that's how a lot of this stuff happens, which is unfortunate. So, final sure. thought for me on that subject um, is that uh, a lot of the reason that uh, LucasArts employees, you know, from the old days have said the dialogue was so punchy and good is because they could iterate until basically the night they had to go gold. They could just go in and edit that text. Oh, you cool. Know, they, didn't have, yeah. they didn't have to worry about, uh, uh, you know, voice acting or anything like that. They could right. just keep iterating until it was right. So that there might that be something sense. there. There might be something there, there. There is a little tiny something there, yes. There's definitely something there. But they, this is still something you could... You can have a couple guys sit down at a reasonably sized table for a couple of hours, less than eight hours, and they could come up with a plan to, to future-proof punchy dialogue in mm-hmm. their games. The All end. right. I Here's think. how the rest of this show is going to work. 
I'm going right. to throw a topic at you. Uh, you guys are going to discuss it until I sound this sound effect over here, and then we're going to keep going onto the next one. Repeat that until we get to the lightning round. Do it all again next week. What do you think? Sound like I think a good sounds, idea? Uh, that sounds like a great time, Jaffe. Let's I hate that. it. I hate it. Well, I hate too it and bad, I don't want Brandon. To do it anymore. This train has left the station. Here we go. This train sucks. <laughs> My friend Mark recently selected some very tasteful video game tracks for the band to perform at his wedding, including pieces from Blue Dragon, Lost Odyssey, and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Went oh, off FFCC. quite well. But what would you have contributed to the track list? Wait, is this is for a wedding? Yeah. Oh. I would not have any video game music at my wedding. <laughs> I agree with Brandon. I mean, it's oh, nothing against video games. It's uh, just uh, like, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, first of all, I don't think I want to get married. But second of all, like... Heck yeah, bro. <laughs> fist bump. <laughs> but, uh, Dude! <laughs> um, but, uh, Nuclear fist bump, bro. That's right. But, um, you know, I mean, I guess you could have some roll times with, like, that... Uh, that that Super Mario Galaxy two track that Koji Kondo the one, did the one the one that I keep linking. Uh, yeah. the, I was about to say I know what I want for my honeymoon. I actually have a playlist <laughs> on my YouTube.com slash yeah, one zero eight x, which is music to listen to while having sex. So uh, it includes Super Mario Galaxy uh, Yoshi Star Galaxy music. Uh, uh, it includes Legend of Zelda Item Shop. Uh, Legend of Zelda, like like uh, Ocarina of Time, item shop. That chum 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 I have it burned into my brain. I have the image of a, a house with that music. Let's, kind of just let's have our along. listeners decide. But it, it also is an, an ocarina melody that you get later. The chum, yes, chum, chum, is. chum, chum, chum. Is that That's the Saria's that, that, song? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is that is one. But there is no, the, a whole... the shop theme is chum, 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 chum. That's the shop theme. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, uh, there you go. The, uh, Different song. But there, there is. I, I'm saying it's okay. It's played in houses. There, it, no, like that's chum, in... chum, 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 <laughs> chum, 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 chum. I would. I, would I know this up. backwards and forwards. I would bone along the that too. Time teams out. They play the chum, chum, chum. They play that song sometimes <laughs> in the game inside houses. Period. Anyway, let's. I uh, agree. I agree. Like if it's a wacky definitely... character or something, you'd yeah, tend to it's, hit that it's song. like it's like wacky character sound. Uh, um, it's, in so my, my... it's it's in my list. So yeah. So my answer to this question is is also like Brandon. I would play no video game music at my wedding because, uh, from my perspective, the wedding music is not for me to enjoy. It's for my guests to dance to, and my guests are not going to go dance, dance to uh, uh, video game music. That's just absurd. Come on, they're going to dance to crap that they know that I probably hate. And I'm I fine do not that. want dancing. Oh, Frank, don't have do not... don't have crap that you hate at your wedding. That's that's not the way. Actually, I'm gonna have to uh, steer this in a different direction because this was actually music they played during the ceremony. Oh, that's even during worse. Ceremony. Uh, Whoa! I w- w- That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, got to be some way to be uh, kind of. What do you call it? Look, yeah, I'm just cool that. about that. I want to exchange my vows while the earthbound shop music is playing. <laughs> that's, that's all I want out of a marriage. Okay, I want I want to exchange my vows while I've got a or or everyone's walking down the aisle and such to the uh, Tasmania Game Gear <laughs> oh, soundtrack. That's just Why all does the, that have to come up every all time? All the Dude, the mystery of that soundtrack, like that's, that's video games' greatest mystery. That's why yeah, I, I want to. I want to find the guy who did it. Well, we fine. talked to we talked to a oh, guy talked to that, the producer pro, that he was a producer or a programmer on it, something yeah. like that, and he could not remember how it came about at all. He had no recollection. It's it's like programmer placeholder music. It's amazing. Yeah. I, like there, I there's such, there's such a thing as programmer art. Programmer right? art. But this is the yeah. first time I've heard programmer music. Ma- just... Maybe it was algor uh, like algorithmically yeah. created somehow. Like it's it's yeah it's just like reading from RAM or something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I, that's that's my final answer. That's what I would play at my wedding. <laughs> oh, I'm good with that final answer. Let's just end this there. Sure. Uh, Let's just... so, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you think, Tim? Uh, I don't know. I was gonna try to be serious about it, but it's just right. so god darn hard. 
So <laughs> it's just it's just it's it's so hard to reconcile my own uh my own man boy uh hang-ups about marriage with uh, uh my own my own uh, boy man hang-ups about uh, the religious sanctimony of ceremony yeah. and uh my my own he jerk massive aggressive idiocy regarding hatred of video games it's hard to reconcile those three things into one perfect equilateral yeah. triangle i should uh, probably mention that this was an orthodox jewish wedding oh that's that makes that that heats the situation up even hotter yeah so it's like i just i just don't know just like the power ranger wedding sure that 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 wedding that you showed us, Jaffe. Yes, yeah. I'm I am exactly aware of the Power Rangers wedding you're referring to. Excellent. All right. Okay, Tasmania. Let's That's move on, answer. shall we? Yeah. Man, I wanted yeah. to Tasmania. Like my, yeah, yeah. Blarg. Sure. Let's we go. can do that later. Yeah. Who yeah, blonk, is the blonk, best? Blonk. Who is the best narrator in a video game? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm I'm glad that you asked. Hmm. Um, because I don't know. I want to hear an answer. <laughs> well, I guess. Um, GLaDOS is a pretty good narrator. Yeah. Uh, I, I like what they were going for with Bastion a lot. That's yeah. The obvious answer. I mean, I, I didn't like how what they said. I didn't said. like it, but I liked the idea of it. I liked yeah. You have a narrator that responded to your actions like that, but that's not really a great narrator. Have you guys played the War of the Worlds game for Xbox Live Arcade? They've got Patrick Stewart narrating as you play. Patrick Stewart. That's pretty cool. Uh, you no, guys managed to bring up the three narrators I had in mind in 38 seconds. Cool. Well, that's good. One. Yeah. <laughs> I win. Um, I I think probably the best narrator is uh, is you, the player. That sounds really stupid, but I think it's actually fact. Uh, yeah. That that because it is it is 100% true that the best narrative in a game is the one that is created by what you're doing when you play it and when you. When you talk about that to your friends, that is the best narration that a game can have. Um, Heck yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I think that's true. But that's probably not the answer that we're trying to go for. Uh, so, I yeah. Think, I think GLaDOS is, is my favorite answer so far. She's not, you know, cast not in the role of the narrator, but she is narrating the story as it happens. Yes. Yeah. Certainly in the way. first portal. Um, yeah, yeah. She's kind of explaining stuff as it's going on, sort of. Yeah, and it's done, like I said, in a clever way where like, she's a character in the game, but she's also narrating everything you need to say. And not in an annoying exposition way, either. It's actually really smart writing, though, that I think I, about I'm it. trying to think of any, like, um, text narrators that I've enjoyed mm. reading through. Um, I'm having a little bit of a hard time thinking uh, of any. Hitchhiker game was pretty funny. I didn't play that, but it's probably not true. It's just, I mean, yeah, if... if it's just Douglas Adams writing. I mean, it's it's funny. Yeah, it's yeah, not... but we've established that I like him, and well, no, I do no one else too. on this panel does. Yeah, I don't. I, do. sure. I, I liked him, but uh, I don't consider it good video game narration. It's just mm -hmm. like a direct adaptation of the book's voice. It's not, you know, it's not it's not narrating in a way that makes me feel like I'm a part sure. of. Sure. Makes sense. Mm. Yeah. This is a hard hard question to answer on because on on account of how it. Uh, you know that whole thing about nine-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no. It's not. Yeah, not punchy. So well, she can't a lot of actually, like, to that point, how about the uh, Ponycorn Adventure? Oh, game? that's yeah. pretty good. Because that game is actually narrated by like a six-year-old, and thus is completely appropriate. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I remember liking the narration of. Um, like Western computer RPGs in general in their day, like the, mm -hmm. like the Bioware stuff, um, where you know when you did something, it would say in text in third person what happened because they didn't you know draw it out necessarily. Oh, um, for for a second when you said Western computer RPG, my mind went to Oregon Trail. No, I'm I'm talking about like like Baldur's Gate and Fallout. Oh, it felt like the too. literal like frontier Wild West. <laughs> like the well, Wild Arms. <laughs> The third-person narration of those games was pretty good and, and above most, but it's like not. And but they didn't stand out. It's just like for a video game, they were pretty good at doing that. I'll tell you what I like though. It doesn't really totally count as narration. Is uh, I was playing, I was playing some uh, 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 Chaos Gear, aka Soldiers of Fortune, mm -hmm. and uh, and they got some British 
tough sounding dude to like announce everything that happens and so he says special power exit open and uh it's it's really cool and it sounds neat and it makes you feel like you're you're like a a tough dude going around in this wasteland with other tough dudes that are trying to murder you and uh that's that's kind of cool it gets the, the right best, vibe going i think the best narrator in the video games is uh uh, in the game Ziggurat, where it just uh, the the game over screen is a sentence of text that who is delivering the text? I, I nobody ever asked that question because oh, if yeah. you're the last if you're the last person on Earth and you die, it says before dying you managed to kill 200 of the alien freaks who killed everybody else. Who's who's narrating that? Right. Whoa! It's the Lord of the Worlds. <laughs> also, to be sort of serious, uh, I think the. The, the game over screen of Demon's Souls and Dark Souls kind of qualifies as narration because it, it just says you died really big on the screen. And it's mm-hmm. like that's the only talking at you the game does is to tell you that right. you died. You died. And it's like uh, I think so that's kind of cool. I cheated a little bit and looked at our live comments and someone suggested Gary Owens from Space Quest 4 and 5, which is a pretty good uh, suggestion mm-hmm. actually. I guess that's a hot and sweet one. <laughs> DJ Professor K from Jet Set Radio. Mm-hmm. That no. is pretty good. Now no. let me take this last minute. Why don't you? Th- why do you say no, Brandon? Right. Uh, because he sounds dumb. <laughs> let me take this uh, <laughs> last thirty seconds. Uh, he does sound like he was guys. written by a nine-year-old. Right. Yeah. Let, let me ask you guys in this do last it. fifteen seconds. Ask it. <laughs> um, uh, who would you most like to narrate a video game? Me, Patrick Stewart. Gary Sean Owens. Connery, Orson Welles, Orson Welles, Orson Welles. There it is. Period. Okay, yeah. That's it. We have That's it. it. Then we will finally have the Citizen Kane of games. Yeah. <laughs> if it's narrated by Orson Welles, great. Oh, right under the buzzer. Let's move on. Okay. okay. What is the mark of a video game which lends itself best to fan fiction? It's uh, uh, the mark Sega. of it is uh, is Sega. a, poops, a poop stain in underwear is what I was going to say. <laughs> I think the mark is Sega. Sure. The mark is Sega? Yeah. No, come on, man. Squeenix? Yeah. Come on, what about yeah, Squeenix? Yeah. It is Squeenix, but they don't have a really marky mark. Yeah. Or a funky The mark bark. of a game that is that lends itself to fan fiction is it it feels like it was already written by a nine year old. So yeah. a bunch of nine year olds yeah. think I can do this. Yeah. Maybe I can even do it better. And if the thing is, in the realm it is within the realm of the possibility that to you know, one nine-year-old is a little smarter than another, right? Listen, yeah. Brandon, right? I'm on fanfiction.net right now. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog is number four in the most popular video games of fanfiction. Oh, right, we talked about this. Right. So, yeah. My, my answer close. is uh, Bromance. Bromance is a good character. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Something that uh, inspires fanfiction, because it's like, well, I want them to have sex with each other. Any sort of love triangle or yeah. uh, a plane of any sort. What I, just I was going to go uh, for is yeah. uh, uh, is that the any any game where you have characters that could have sex but don't do it in front of yeah. you on the screen, mm-hmm. uh, people will make them. They need to make them have sex. Sterile so. celibacy, but a, a large cast and sterile celibacy is the mark of something that will be fan fiction, where it's ah. like the writer. The writer does not touch. The subject of intercourse or romance, but there are so many characters, and their personalities are paint by number. This guy's a little bit yeah. angry. This guy's the funny guy. This girl is dark and has a tragic past, and you know it's like when, when and then they're all together, but they they never touch each other. You know, yeah. it used to be with CG, it was really hard to make models kind of intertwine. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I'm the, old at the Final top Fantasy 10 games here, and that applies yeah. to all of them. Does it? That's not surprising. Yeah. See, there you go. Now, Sonic the Hedgehog is a bit of an oddity because uh, you got to be a little bit weird, like fundamentally, to kind of want to see those characters have sex. Cause it's they're, true. Sure. That's like wanting to see Felix the Cat blow Mickey Mouse or something. Right. Ooh. Or it's like wanting to watch two dogs have intercourse instead of watching human pornography. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you, you know, you can't watch human pornography unless the people are wearing. Cat ears, nothing crazy, just cat ears. Uh-huh. Right. You know, not like Wait, motionless that, cat heads. That doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. You have to be a little bit weird to to want to see Goofy jerk off Donald Duck, right? <laughs> yeah, you you that's have to not, be. A, that's 
That's if, not if, uh, mainstream behavior. If, if you want to see Bugs Bunny uh, jerking off Daffy Duck, that's that's. I've got this well. Kickstarter. <laughs> Great. I, I, I don't. I don't want to see the cartoon animals really touching up on one another's stuff at all. I've well, you've got every, no choice. Every Tim. famous animator who's still alive, I'm on, they're on this project. It's going to be beautiful. Um, yeah, are we going to get to see the road, the the, the Roadrunner ram his head up inside Wile E. Coyote? Oh, you don't even want to know what those two are going to do. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the greatest movie ever filmed. Yeah. Is he going to? Is, is the Roadrunner? Yeah. Is the Roadrunner going to beak the coyote? Um, so, <laughs> It's going to bring a whole new meaning to Painted Tunnel. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> uh, uh yeah, so fan, fan fiction doesn't, doesn't all have to be sexual. Yes, it does. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of it is, but... Uh, I mean, but again, you know, the sterile celibacy, kind of, you, you want to see some sort of, not romance, but, like, you're, you're looking at the game, you're looking at, you're, you're taking in the story, and you're just thinking, there's a whole like large significant fraction of the human emotional spectrum that these people don't experience during the course of this narrative i i want to complement this somehow well yeah right. if if you leave any kind of uh room for if there are things that you didn't address that seem like they might have been or should have been or if right. you leave things open ended even like it's 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 the you know it's ambiguous who did this thing or that thing in this game. Then people are gonna want to fill in the gaps because uh, because it breaks their their brains if right. if those gaps are not filled. That, uh, might, that might be why Mass Effect is so high on the list because yeah. there was all that controversy about the endings and such. Yep. Also, yeah. but in, that one's a, I think a slightly different case because you can uh, you can make characters have sex in that, and yeah, that may have true. inspired people in a different way to do that because they're like, ah, here's one where we can do it. So now right. I I know what that's all about, and I can make it now happen. I know what sex is, kind of. Yeah. Now I've learned. Cool. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Pro tip, kids: it's actually not that cool. No? For some people. Nah. It's kind of boring. Don't bother with it, Jeffy. I won't. I'll take your advice. Hey, who wants to go to the improv zone? Ow. Nobody? Okay, let's move on. Well, hey. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you're just going to skip it? Yeah, let's just skip it. If you're not into it, we're not going to do it. Up, just bring it up later and don't, oh, don't tell bring us it up about later. it. Fine. Just don't, don't uh, confront us with it beforehand. Let's go to our... Let's go to our listener-contributed question. Listener I'll take zone. one of those. Yeah. Daniel R. asks, what video, what video game ad campaign do you personally find the most offensive? All of them. Just trying to, sell, trying to sell video games to people? What's the deal with that? It's a tough question. There was one with the Shadow Man, you know, with the uh, putting ad on a tombstone. That was when yeah. Acclaim was doing nuts stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually kind of cool, though. They had, they had the one uh, where they'd give you money if you named your baby Turok. Yeah. Uh, but that's, like, that, that that's, not, because... that's not that's not that's not like disgusting. That's just like stupid. The baby uh, yeah. disgusting the baby would be like disgusting. the recent the recent Square Enix crap has been the the disgusting. Uh, yeah, with games. the Hitman and such like. Yeah, like well, especially like we had those really two awful Hitman things. We had the. You know the trailer with with the with the sexy nun babe. Guy garroting a bunch of nuns. Yeah, and yeah. then we had the uh, the the Facebook like murder your friends because they're because their boobs are too small game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um, what was the deal with that? Yeah, that was. That was just, I, 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 they're, I, Brit- they're British. You know, we're just taking the piss out of you. you know? <laughs> we're on. British, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we do it over here. Yeah. All right, all right. Here it comes. We're gonna give you a little bit of something to get upset about. Is that it, really? Yeah, that's it. You, can't, you what, can't get worse than than him. The Dead Island thing. The Dead Island thing. Yeah. That was the the, the eviscerated, uh, blood-soaked female bikini torso with no. Yeah, head that was limbs. a bit pretty dumb. It was, that was another instance of of, of uh, marketing dudes being like, "What about this? People like boobs and zombies," and then it happened. They're like, "People are mad. I don't understand." 
<laughs> it's just like there's a fundamental lack of understanding. Well, it's it's uh, just like it's just like the ad for Shadow Man human. on a on on a tombstone. Who's going to be walking around a graveyard thinking about what video game to buy next? Nobody. The whole the whole purpose of of putting a, a a video game ad on a tombstone was so they could tell journalists about it and then yep. get yeah. a couple of photos and then that becomes it was proto blogging is what mm-hmm. it was it was mm-hmm. it was blogging before blogging it was it was magazine blogging it was like you're you're sitting down building up your marketing strategy going what are people going to blog about except back then it was what can we get What's nuts enough to get people to talk about in a magazine? I feel like that Dead Island Torso thing, they had to have some inclination that, you know, some inclination, that's not what I meant. Some, they had to have some idea that somebody was going to see it and, and, and freak out and a bunch of people were going to freak out. And they're just like, let's do it anyway because people sure will be talking about the game. Like that's, everybody knows that's how marketing goes. And uh, it offends me that that still works in principle. Yeah. I mean, I... I... We've had this discussion before that I, I think that you know that's starting to bite people in the behind more than it was in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, where bad publicity like, has been sort of invented. Yeah, bad publicity has been invented by marketers. Mm-hmm. Like there is stuff that will now only turn people off to a product, and because like like in the in the case of let's say Resident Evil Six, I mean uh, wait, what's the new one? Six, yeah. Six, yeah, six uh, the the one with the giraffe uh, getting blown by the guy. Yeah. In the case the of of Resident Evil Six, you you give it to uh, Funny Man uh, Conan O'Brien before the release of the game, and he tears it apart with actual kind of insightful comments. It's like people that knew about Resident Evil Six were going to buy it already. Heck and yeah. all of those people that are watching Conan O'Brien's show that d- didn't care about video games just saw a lol stupid video game. So yeah. like all you, all you get out of that is a bunch of people uh that that already people that already thought video games were stupid still thinking they're stupid and people that thought maybe this game was going to be good thinking maybe the game's not going to be good. Right. That's all you get. So I just I I I think that the uh... I mean, I, I'm a, maybe I'm hypersensitive to advertising and marketing in general because I've, I've, it's a field that I have, I have worked in professionally. Um, but like, I saw an ad just the other day on a website for the new SimCity game, and it used the slogan was "With great power, dot 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 comes great irresponsibility," because in the game you can you can make a tornado happen if you feel like it, right? right. That's that that offends me because it's like, isn't the game about building a city? Right? Yeah. Like, like, why do you want to promote the idea that that's like, that's like Grand Theft Auto? Have some fun, kill some hookers. Right? Right. Like they don't say that in the advertisement. No. You kill a hooker because it's your your choice as a twisted individual. And worse than that, they're 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 ripping off what the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Obviously, right. the phrase "with great power comes great responsibility" was something that someone's kindergarten educated uncle had said before the movie Spider-Man. Right. But uh, it was the movie Spider-Man that thrust that phrase, which is isn't even a phrase, that that half-baked wisdom into the uh, whatever sort of limelight it, it, it is in. But it's like it's like with great power comes great responsibility. Duh, right? Yeah. I mean, duh. A nuclear missile. That's you know you got a lot of responsibility with a nuclear missile. I, I don't well, like that 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 sort of just everything about marketing offends me and bothers me and makes me kind of wish something was dead. I think it's kind of the image macroization of everything. Like you want to you want it people to understand something as quickly as possible, so you have a punchy lull times phrase that you can associate with your product in a really quick manner that that then you can hope will become will will go viral. Or that whatever. is not new, though. That no, it's not new. It's not new. It's, it's not right. new at all. But I think that that with it the kind coagulating of... toward that. That's a terrible sound. I don't like that. I don't like it either. <laughs> Just use use the Google again. effects gong. That's what we did last week. Yeah, the gong is good. That, that was the Burger Time death noise. Yeah, that is a pretty good sound, but I didn't like it. Okay. Here's the Google. Alex Jaffe has added Google effects. It tells no. me. Right. Next he... question. Next question. What's the best us, level us, in a Mario game? It's the what? best level in a Mario game? Yeah. Mm. Holy Lord. Do you, mm. you have like six hours to uh, first? <laughs> uh, I the think, ship I think level we from Bonk's 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 Revenge. From Bonk's Revenge. 
I was about to say we should have Brandon first say what his favorite level from Box Revenge is. Shit, what is it from Box Revenge? Yeah. The the first one? The fist. The the ship level. Ship level. One where you're on a boat. Yeah, on a boat. I always wondered how they got that boat, but I guess it was the dinosaurs were the dominant species at that point, so of course they had boats, right? Yeah, Yeah, the dinosaurs built that boat. Yeah, and also you can fly by just bonking your head in the air. That's right. I, I, um, I'm just going to shut up and kind of defer to Tim on this for a while. Best Mario level. Man, I don't know. I haven't played enough Mario to know about that. There's so many good Mario levels. Oh, I know what the best Mario level is. It's the one in Mario Brothers. Uh, the, 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 the only the, level. Yes. The only level. There's there's no long jumps I think that, or like reverse. I think that level was like, in Joust also. Yeah. It was a little <laughs> bit better than the level in Joust, actually. A little bit. Did Joust have POW blocks, Brendan? Nope, 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 nope. It did, nope. Have, it, no. it, did it have two-player co-op? No. No. Did it have enemies you could hit from the bottom and then you had to hit them from the top after you hit them from the bottom? No. no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with That has nothing to do with the level, per se. No. It is good level design, though. I'll give it that. Yeah. It, it is a pretty good, it's a good little uh, one-screen level design. Just as Pac-Man is a good level, Pac-Man's a great level design. Um, I like the first level in um, in uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah, because it's got a whole um, bunch of weirdness in it. It's got just all yeah. kinds of freakouts, and so uh, just as Which a first Super Mario level, Brothers 2 are we talking about here? The, the, the American... The USA one. one. Yeah. The real one. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah, the real one. And... Um, it's 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 showing you know Super Mario Brothers one was teaching you how to play a platforming game and it did a good job of that. Um, that's what stage one of that game was doing. Stage one of this it, uh, Super Mario Brothers two is like, but what if we did this weird stuff? What if this yeah, thing it's, happened? It's teaching you to expect the unexpected. So it's, that, it's kind I of like, an action adventure. Yeah, yeah like, more, like, more than let, a platformer. Let's see. It starts with you like falling. It starts with you falling from a door that you can never open. Uh, yeah, right. like, uh, but everybody on the playground says if you press up really fast, like really you can fast, yeah, and it takes like you back to the control. title screen. Yep. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it takes you back to Super Mario Brothers One. Oh, oh that's snacks. awesome! Yeah. Right, right, um, right. At the princess. No, hang yeah. on. It yeah. takes you back if you read the manual. Mario is in a cave or something, and he finds that door and then falls in. So it takes you back to the cave. Okay. Um, it's Plato's right. cave. It's the. Uh, it takes you back to the platonic ideal of of what a Mario game should be. But God, it introduces you to so much weird stuff. Like, oh, there's a potion. What happens if you throw it? There's a door. What happens if you go through the door? You're in a weird yeah. shadow. And then place. you go into a door, and there's a vine. There's, I, even, I can't re- there's even a part of that level where you, uh, where you like, if you take a certain shortcut with the bombs and everything, you go over the mountain and, and you know into an area that you should, like a shortcut to the boss. Like yeah, just, right. And there's also there's also there. the fact that you know you're you're picking up turnips, so that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, that is pretty but, weird. Yes. But then if you if you're in this shadow place, the turnips turn into coins. Like what is what is the significance of that? What is that supposed to mean? Right. What is this place it's, where vegetables become gold? Is it about commerce? Is it a critique of commerce? I don't and think it's a critique of anything. I, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's pop art. It's pop art, and that's great because every yeah. game now has to actually be a critique of something. Which I'll so tell you where the coins came from. Wacky. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that while that's a good point, I like – the uh, the jet fleet level from World Eight of Super Mario Brothers Three, where oh, yeah. there's hundreds of jets coming at you, and it's really yeah. fast, and you're jumping off little platforms in the sky. Is I that, like that. Can you uh, clarify for me that um, that's that's the one where there are all the all the ships, right? All the brown ships, and they're shooting yeah. shooting the yeah. the what you call it, the bullet guys. What are those guys bullet called? Bills. Bullet bills. Bullet, bullet bills. bills. Okay, and, yeah, I liked uh, I liked that too. And cannonballs. I like that level, but I also like. Uh, level three eight from Super Mario Brothers three, which is uh, the one with the green hills that only show up in that level. There's like green plateaus, and there's the enemies that spit the uh, the, the the maces at you, the the spiked balls. They they throw them like, and then there's there's a lot of vines, and there's a couple of secret things like that. That is a level that feels really good because you can also kind of turbo through it. I am I'll tell you a level I don't like. I'm, I'm oh, attempting wait. to cheat right now by looking for my Mario Mania book, but I think it's in okay. the room. Oh, uh, man. A I've level that I don't like is the um, the level. I think this is also Super Mario Brothers 2 that has the the cactus guys. Was it Cactor or something? 
That would What's be the, the pokies. Pokies. Pokies, pokies. Yeah. pokies. Yeah. I don't. I don't like the dang pokies and the sand that you fall down into. It's such a slow and plodding experience. I don't like that yeah. part. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a slog. Yeah. Um, so I guess the airship level is a uh, uh, that that airship level is auto scroll. So yeah. maybe that's that doesn't have the Mario. When I think Mario, I think running really fast and jumping right. a whole lot. So yeah, but this is this like refines that though. Like the, the I, it, running it really does, fast. Like you don't have an option. You are running really fast. It's so. it's like the cover based shooter of a, of Mario levels because no, I mean when I play it, I I can get about three quarters across the screen and then I've got to wait a couple of seconds to make yeah, the next yeah, jump. Totally. I would I would say that auto scrolling is kind of not uh, Mario. I, yeah, I don't I don't want to say cheap, but it's it's not like something that I would choose for my best level design because best level design would inspire you to go forward rather than force you. Yeah, but opinion. there's there's a lot of uh, I I like the thoughtful jumping in that level. There's a lot no, of I like think stop, I'm, turn around, run a little bit, jump and it's I cool, do think but, it's cool. I just wouldn't say that it it gets to be the best. So I think opinion. the answer is World's 5 through seven of Super Mario Brothers three. That's not a level. <laughs> no, that's not one level. Uh, I'm sticking with my answer. Uh, my answer well, remains my better. answer. Mario Brothers three, and uh, bong. Yeah, I'm right, better, guys. Gong. Yes. But yes. World three eight seriously. Okay. Huh. Who would win in a fight? Right in for Metal Gear or right yes. in for Mortal Kombat? Oh, oh nice. Well. Um, I just played a whole bunch of that Metal Gear Rising, and I can tell you that that uh, that guy's nuts. Uh, that I mean, in the first ten minutes, he jumps across uh, missiles, like not not just like in the contra fashion of jumping across a couple of missiles. He he jumps across like six hundred missiles in like three seconds. Sure. He runs up and down an exploding building. He cuts a giant robot in half. I, I don't think Raiden from Mortal Kombat could beat him at all. Uh, but Raiden, Raiden is a god, so I think that's the end of that discussion. Actually. He is a god, but he assumes human form for the Mortal Kombat tournaments, yes. and I'm he assuming that he's within that form for he this could fight. Do, he could do whatever he wants. He gets killed in the movie, and he comes back and stuff. Doesn't that happen? I don't know. He's, he's for your consultation, I have dropped a list of Raiden's fatalities in the private chat. Okay, well, he's a, he's, he's a god, well, and I'm going with well, that. Also... He's he's got a he's got a fun little dumb hat. He shoots yeah. electricity out of his hands, and he can warp. He can warp wherever he wants. He he's can like warp. That's true. He's the slowing down. You no, are. that's just you, Tim. It's just you, actually. Um, he's uh he's also the uh inspiration. I'm pretty sure for one of the bad dudes in um Big Trouble in Little in Little China, which is the best. Oh, so uh, I think that Raiden from Mortal Kombat. No, that's I, my favorite amount of trouble in proportion to the size of a country. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, do you Tim, have something? You had something? No. Tim. Oh man, I, I think Tim's Tim dead. China. Uh, yeah, I just had a whole bunch of weird problems where uh, the the internet was really slow for about okay. two minutes, and everybody was talking like they were drunk. No, nope, can you guys not hear me us. now? Yeah, yeah, we, we can, can hear you now. What the heck, man? Oh, well, okay. he's just talking because he can't hear us. Now he's gone. Anyway, okay. so since Tim is gone, that leaves uh, <laughs> Raiden from Mortal Kombat uncontested. Yeah, I, I think it's Raiden from Mortal Kombat. He is, he is oh, a god. Well, I'd move on to the next topic, but Tim's not here, and I don't want to do that without him. All right, uh, so I'm going to tell you why Big Trouble in Little China is one of the best movies ever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because you got a... You gotta, you got you got your Kurt Russell, and he's playing like a, a hapless a hapless dude uh, who's supposed to be real tough, but actually his friends are way tougher. And um, but then he's a really good guy who 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 will always try to help, even though he kind of sucks at it. Um, comes comes through in the last moment, but also it's just got all this crazy '90s neon and and. And it, it talks about dragons living under the streets of San Francisco, which is the only one of the only things I like about that place, which is that they, they've got a they got dragons underneath. And um, San Francisco sucks, though. That's right. So Tim, when so, you last left, Raiden from yeah. Metal Gear was un, was uh, unchampion. Well, yeah, because as, as you said, uh, Raiden from Mortal Kombat has assumed 
human form. He like that was has. part of his. Con- I I have read the instruction manual, guys. Yeah. Okay. I was I was 14 years old when that game out came out. Of course, I read the instruction manual. Um, and it says that he has assumed human form as part of his rivalry with the uh, with Shang Tsung. Like he has put his own continued existence on the line. If he dies in the tournament, he dies for real. Like, yeah, but that's if Shang Tsung is not involved here, then he's a god. That means well, that that means nothing that, now. Okay, Jaffe, in the purpose for the purpose of this contest, has uh, a <laughs> has Raiden sworn himself to uh, yes. use just his fighting skills. Yes, yes. for the purposes case. of this fight, Raiden for Metal Gear has joined the Mortal Kombat tournament. So what I'm going to say is that and is it Raiden for Metal the... Gear Revengeance or Metal Gear Solid Two or what? Your favorite iteration of Raiden. It would None have to be the. Re- it would have to be okay. First of all, Revengeance Raiden and Metal Gear Solid Four Raiden. That's two. Ninja Raidens, and there's only okay. one other Raiden, so right. like we have to go with a Ninja Raiden because that's two right. out of three. Sure. Um, and he, uh, like, okay, in the 20 years since Mortal Kombat came out, uh, just electronic interactive entertainment has evolved, and we are able to give 14 year olds more of what they want. Yes. Like so, Raiden is uh, I, the stuff that I saw in the first two hours of this Metal Gear Rising Revengeance blew my mind. The, the violence that he perpetrates on things and people, and uh, there's no way that uh, that Raiden, uh, the the Thunder God who upper sweeps and then uppercuts a guy just like everybody else in Mortal Kombat, there's no way he could compete with that. Right. He could he can uh, turn you into an electric puddle of goo. He can do all kinds of fatalities to you. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't buy it. Raiden, Raiden can do his little thing where he flies uh, with his hands forward like this. Yeah. Yeah. The other Raiden yeah. can't do that. No, he can't do that. Uh, Raiden, yeah, the other Raiden can, can run at like you, – you run like 90 miles per hour in this game. He doesn't have to do like this. God, God Raiden can teleport there before he runs. Yeah, That's Raiden right. He can, can teleport. teleport. He does have yep. teleportation ability. I'm sticking with my answer. It's not good enough. This this guy's this guy's nuts. This guy uh, in uh, – in, in this Metal Gear game. This guy's god darn insane. We talk a lot about Metal Gear in this podcast, and sure um, I still haven't really played it, and I don't ever intend to. Play the first one. I'm just going to put that out there. Right. Just, play, play, just play the first one if you feel like playing one of them. Actually, Metal, Metal you know Gear what you solid. should play? Uh, what you should actually play, Brandon, is Metal Gear 2. Oh, yeah, 2 for the old Nintendo. Is that going to no, get... No, 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 not the Nintendo one. The, M- the MSX one. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, but you can get it ROMs for it. Yeah, I ain't got or, no or you can borrow, you can borrow uh, Metal Gear Solid Three, the special edition. It's on disc two. You can play it on your PlayStation Two. Right. Also, okay. Metal Gear Solid Three is pretty good. Speaking of franchises we've never played, that brings up my next topic. I've okay. never played a Tomb Raider game. Is there oh. any reason to start now? Well, sure. no, yeah, because they haven't they haven't brought Tom Brader into the game yet. Yeah, I'm yeah, he hasn't gotten Brader. in there. <laughs> um, so, I, I would say play the first Tomb Raider. The, Tomb Raiders, the first Tomb Raider is actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I would I think say play the first. Uh, I mean, you could play the first real 360 one. That was kind of fun. I mean, the the thing that's that's sort of fun about the new Tomb Raiders is you. It's sort of the way. In a way, it's kind of similar to how the un, some of the Uncharted things are fun, where you can, you know, be in a kind of a boring cave, and then all of a sudden, holy crap, there's a secret civilization that lived down here and built this awesome thing. That's kind of fun, and you can get on top of that awesome thing, like a, some statue thing, and take a jewel from it. It, it I would say a little Indiana Jones-ish. I would say go ahead and play the first one, because uh, the first one on the PlayStation, because it has... It's constructed out of levels, and yeah. the levels are enormous, yeah. and the levels will take you, like, an hour or two hours to finish, and it's all just meticulous jumping, looking around, seeing where you can jump. Whereas in Uncharted and newer games, it's just you're hanging on a ledge, press left on the analog stick. Does your guy's hand move? If yes, press the jump button. If no, press another direction. Does your guy's hand move? If yes, press the jump button. Whereas in the old Tomb Raiders, it's it's actually rewarding about uh, environmental and spatial awareness. You're looking around, you're climbing stuff, you're pulling levers, you're flooding chambers. And there's even a, a, a like, the, the, the training tutorial mode just is Lara Croft's giant mansion. 
where hmm. you just walk around the mansion and jump and hang on stuff. And uh, the the story's really, you know, thin and tenuous. You're just looking for artifacts, but it has this huge atmosphere. And it's like new games don't ever. They're I never mean, that. I've never played basically. it. I've never played it, but it sounds to me like an adventure version of Super Mario 64. It is uh, somewhat a lot like that. It's it's a little bit more like a Zelda. With like, a way jankier camera. Yeah, it has the camera's not great. Well, you control tank controls, so the camera's always directly behind your back. Unless you're close to a wall, then things start to clip and twitch and get weird. But uh, it's it's solidly playable, and there's weird platforming in it. There's like there's like platforming where you've got to kind of think way differently than you've had to for most other stuff right. that I involves think... jumping. The uh, the new one is worth playing if you can recreate the uh, the video card settings of that giant bomb playthrough that I linked on Twitter a little bit ago, where um, everything was became horrifying and uh, and they you know that like all the textures especially fire and stuff were just turning into flickering boxes and uh, <laughs> Lara Croft's shirt was. Lara Croft's shirt was like a, a series of ones and zeros and stuff. It was, it was super great looking, and I would love to play through that game that way, but uh, that's not going to happen. I, I would just say play the original PlayStation 1 and appreciate it's a legitimately uh, endearing, low-polygon, uh, low-texture, uh, very just... It's it's just it's a goddamn level design, the video game, video game, in a way that no games are now because they're all... Blockbuster entertainment experiences where you're shooting dudes in the face, and you're yeah, not shooting I mean, any dudes in the face in this game. It's uh, they don't give you dudes to shoot in the face. It's it's compelling, uh, medium term, short term, immediate term, long term, with just the environment. And to me, that's still remarkable in video games. And all anyone ever wants to talk about is how big her boobs were, and people keep calling her Laura when it's clearly Lara. I mean, yep. I is it Lara or Lara? It's it's it's, it's, it's whatever one you want, but it's not Laura. Every sure everyone says Laura, and it blows my yeah. mind. I saw the movie, and it's Lara. Yeah. So there's okay. that. Lara. Now that um, I think about it, the movies kind of are hilarious, by the way. Yeah. I think that game is neat level design wise, but it's not that fun to move around in that space because of how. I mean, it's tanky nice it that is. it it controls so precisely, but yeah, the the tanky turning is pretty tough, and it's just because, I mean, it was before dual analog sticks, right? Oh, heck yeah. It so was a D-pad, d only. Sort of why they had to go with that so sort of So Zelda Ocarina of Time took Tomb Raider's, like, spatial exuberance and gave it, like, simplified controls where you just pull up, you just, like, push against a block and he'll climb up, because what mm -hmm. else are you grinding against the block for? Whereas in Tomb Raider, right. you have to press the two L1 and R1 shoulder buttons to reach her hands up and pull ah. yourself up, which is kind of weird. It's kind of like a – it's very stick-shifty, like, mm -hmm. in terms of movement because, like, in order to jump, you have to press the jump button while running. So you're, like, running, and you press the jump button at, toward the end of a platform, and then you have to press the, the shoulder buttons to grab on to something. So there's, like, a whole bunch of right. weird stuff. And once you pick up speed when you're running, it's kind of like a driving game. It, it's just – it's really weird. But Whereas in Ocarina of Time, that all happens automatically. It's, it's all automatic. You jump when you yeah. reach the end of a platform, because mm -hmm. what kind of idiot's going to run off the edge of a platform? And, exactly. Me. Like, Wee. Yeah, I definitely would. But Heck yeah. Because I, I <laughs> challenge the system whenever right. I can. What do you think I about really, Tomb Raider, Frank? I've never played a Tomb Raider either. So. Really? I really hate when, uh, when that kind of pushing against the system bites you in the behind and uh, murders you, because... It's fun to do, but when 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 you get killed by uh, by testing the boundaries and it pushes you back like several minutes, like th like thirty minutes to an hour, it's like, well, guess that was not a reward for me. Well, that blows. Next topic. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Let's if go ahead you ever off. have kids, what rules or boundaries would you draw for their video game play? None of them. I would say no video games. I would say no video games, period. That's what I would say. I would, also, I, I would, would never. It, I would also, I would it. never have kids. 
Right, there's that. Um, but I would limit it in the in the same way I'd limit any other entertainment, which is like as long as all of your responsibilities have been taken care of, then do whatever you want. Right. Yeah, I would probably do something similar if I had a kid, which I do not think I am going to. Um, but uh, I think I would certainly let them play, you know, Minecraft over other types of games. You know, right. I'd, I'd prefer that they learn to read by reading books, but I could let them supplement that a bit with some Pokemans or something. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Pokemans teaches critical thinking. That's cool. <clears throat> yep. But and I guess I'm thinking I'm not thinking about content so much as just time playing video games. Content, yeah, I'd, I'd limit it in some way, but I don't really even know how to define that. No dumb games, right? I would want them gonna... to play Call of Duty because uh, I want them to grow up to want to protect their country. <laughs> That's right, right. Well, I mean, I don't. There's, there's going to hit an age where you got to let them play whatever they want and not, you know, judge the content of it. I think I think Gears of War is uh, suitable for a 12-year-old. Uh, it's it's schlocky and it's gory, but it's in a cartoon sort of way. But it also see here's the thing: as an adult, I like playing stuff. Maybe I, I'm treating myself like a child. This is uh-huh. an unintentional psychotherapy session that this is turning into. Right. But uh, uh, I I I, uh, I like uh, you know I like playing games where I feel like I'm sort of learning something. And I, I feel like it's sort of learned something in Gears of War because you're learning a little bit of critical thinking. It's like you've got to think about the space while you're moving through it. And you've got to think of, you've got to plan the best way to get through it. I like games that make me feel like a cat burglar. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, want, I, want a, I want a game about being a cat burglar. But I like Sly Cooper? It. That's a joke. Yeah, that's a that's actually a... A, a, a raccoon game. burglar? Yeah, so that's not a cat yeah. burglar. Thanks, nice try, though. Yeah. Nice try. Thanks but, for playing. Wait, wasn't there a Catwoman video game? Well, yeah, but it's probably that... a game about hidden dudes. Um, I was going to say that... Yeah, I think it was about kid, hidden, yeah. Hitman is basically a cat burglar game, except instead of burglaring, you're murdering. Yeah, you're murdering. You're he's murdering. a cat murderer. Cat murderer. <laughs> he's a cat murderer. Cat murderer. Because he's stealing the life. Isn't Thief so supposed it's... to be one of them dang burglar games? Yeah, it's a little bit. Bur- it's a little burgly, but it's not burgly enough. I mean, the one game that got closest to what I feel like, like, because I like I like heist movies, you know. Mm-hmm. So the one game that got closest to the heist movie feeling was uh, what's it called? Um, the Legend of Zelda: The Phantom Hourglass, where there's this dungeon that you have to go into over and over again as you get new items, so you can like carve a deeper path through the level. You can get through the level more quickly. And uh, that felt like sort of a learning experience. A lot of roguelikes do that. That's true, but none of them uh, are are Zelda games, where they they have had five years of uh, five years of full time employees who are paid one third of what they'd get paid in another country, uh, working on the game. Yeah, just kind of sweat shopping out this high quality uh, piece of software. Facts. Yeah, that's a definite fact. I would let my kids play the Zelda games. I would be like, you should play these. And then I would, you know, just play the first... Uh, I would let them play Super Nintendo games. Ocarina of, Time was, Ocarina of Time was the only game I played with my dad. And he feels like he doesn't have to play another game after that. That's not a bad assessment. Yeah. It is... Uh, it, I was talking with my friend uh, Ian, who works at Luna Games in San Diego, which is a nice game store, I've heard. San Diego, yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's really evident that parents do not quite understand that video games are different. Any video game is different from any other game, mm-hmm. and and that you know they might cost different prices, or one might be better than another. Right. He he was talking about trying to convince someone, uh, a parent, that they should get Pokemon for their kid, and she's like, "But he likes that Ben Ten. He's like, "But." Right. Pokemon is going to k- teach your kid some skills, and it's it's actually fun. He might enjoy it. And he's like, ah, but it's you know, it's to her. It's like I got to buy a video game because the kid wants a video game, and so I'm going to buy the video game that looks like the thing that he likes. Which is it's amazing that that still works. But apparently, yeah, parents still don't understand that there is a, a difference in quality. It's not just like I'm going to buy the new Barbie. I guess Will Smith was right about what. <laughs> 
parents, parents just, don't, just understand. don't understand. Oh, yeah, it they took, don't. It took that's, me a minute, but I got it. Yeah, I got, I got there, Jeff. I would have gotten it. My, my <laughs> friend Doug Jones uh, lets his kids play games, uh, but, like, for some reason they've kind of uh, – they have good taste in video games. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, a nine-year-old daughter who has, like, played all of the original Super Mario games and Zeldas and all that. That's kind of yeah, cool. Just, just start them with uh... – Start them off with a Genesis or a Super Nintendo or a Turbo Graphics or something. I think Super games. Nintendo because uh, that's got more games that are kind of cohesive experiences. You don't want them to grow up weird. No, yeah. but I probably do. I want them to turn up like turn out like me. So they're probably gonna have to play. Why do you want them to turn out? So you, we, earlier in the podcast, you said you don't want to get married, and now you're saying that you want your hypothetical children to be just like you. Yeah. Not just Brandon, like me. But I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and say. Uh, I'm not your goddamn psychiatrist, okay? Uh huh. That's but. Oh, is that it? You know, okay, that, that's it. That's um, all. Okay. The, the the thing is, if I did, <laughs> if I did, I'd want to create. The only point of creating another human is to make one more like me. What other point right. is there to doing it? Well, half like you. Yeah, a bit like me. Improv zone or lightning round? Your choice. Vote now. Lightning oh, round. Man. Frank said lightning round. That's my vote. There's yeah, that's Frank's vote. Other I'm going to go ahead and vote no confidence, so it's up to Brandon. I've placed it all on Brandon. Ooh. What? I don't know. I mean, I lightning round's easier, so I I like easy. Man, okay. I guess lightning round it is. Easy. We're yeah, doing... don't, you you want to blame us for that after you, you made go no ahead. vote? Go right. You like it, you like yeah. it easy, so you, wanna, you, want, you, you don't want to get married. You, uh, you want your hypothetical children to be mostly like you, and you, like the, you always pick the easy option? Sure. Okay. That's, I'm going to murder you in your sleep later. Yeah, yeah, and you, also you're, you're prone to homicidal rage. Homicidal We're rage pl- and fits of violence. We're playing yeah. elevator pitches, guys. Oh, I like I like pitching okay. out in an elevator. Okay. It's a elevator really small place is, to play baseball, though. Yeah, it's, elevator it's pitches almost the same are... as improv. Let's just do improv then. Uh, Wait, okay. Now, now he's already spoiled that the next lightning round is yeah, elevator. We're, doing, we're we're already up to elevator. We've started. We've started. We've started. Right, fine, yeah. fine. Each of okay. you is going to take one minute to pitch your okay. idea to an important person in the video game industry like this that. week. That person is famed game adaptation supervillain Uva Bowl. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah. Tim, okay. you're going first. Well, are we pitching a game or a movie? An idea. Okay. Oh. I okay. just want to say get uh, Uva Bowl. Uh, so uh, I want you to make a movie out of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, we only need about 15 bucks because it's Halloween season and the Halloween store is open. Right. Uh, and, and you, that'll be enough. And then just let me write the script, and it'll be better than the game, because I'm not nine years old anymore. And that's about it. That's all I've got. <laughs> okay. I think. I think. Frank, uh, go. Uh, Uva, I, I'm barely aware of who you are, and I understand that you make movie adaptations that are really bad. And uh, I don't know why it, you know we're in this elevator. It's kind of weird. Um, nice suit, by the way. I like that. Is that is that? Uh, did you get that at the J.C. Penney? I, I shop there a lot. That's cool. Um, so I was thinking, you know, you do movie adaptations of video games. So uh, you know, kids are playing Minecraft a lot. So I was thinking we make a Minecraft movie. Um, I've got these Legos, nice. and I've got a camera. And I was thinking we just uh, build some Legos and film it, and uh, I'll narrate it, and it'll be uh, you know thirty bucks maybe, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll all be millionaires again. And uh, I, think, I think it'll be good. Brandon, go. All right, so Mr. Bull, I'm very aware of your work, uh, and I know that the way that you make money is to make a film that will lose money because that way your Tax costs break. are covered under tax breaks by German law. And so that means you need a property where uh, people have heard of it, but if you screw it up, they're going to hate it, and they're probably just not really going to go anyway. So that's why I think you should make another Hitman movie, because Square Enix is desperate for cash. They will give away the license pretty cheap. Uh, People have heard of it, so they might go to the theaters. It will definitely be critically panned. And uh, then you can make your money back. So that's that's my my big shot. Also, I'll help you write it to make sure it's terrible. Okay, great. Also, hey, you could you could you could also get uh, an, that's an excuse to just have a big screen movie where nuns are getting like kind of straight. Yeah, that's right. Sure. Yeah. Just kill that's, this, that's pretty good. two hours of, of nun slashing. Yeah, just nuns being just nun, nun Just call it hitman. Nun, nun, it, we'll we'll nun call it uh, nun slashing and cyberbullying. 
So I'm going to go ahead and say that, that Brandon... Hitman uh, Guns versus Nuns. Yeah, because he had a whole bunch of time to think about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, no, that was, yeah, that was I my thought Yeah, I think I'm going to give that one to Brandon. If you, if you started sure. with me, I would have said the same thing, because I actually... I I've read you, a lot of that. You're familiar with the subject matter. Yeah. So. Yep. I didn't really start. try. Congratulations, I was, I was Brandon. You are the winner time. of uh, this week's podcast. You I'm get cool homework. So, good job. You get it. No worries. You, you get a Coke. What did? What does it get? You homework. Get you get oh, homework. No. As in, you have to come up with a question next week. I'll do. Jaffe, it. can I get a Coke? I want a Coke. <laughs> sure, I can get you a Coke. Thanks, Jaffe. I want a Coke. Uh, do you have any preference if it's Coke Zero or caffeine free? Uh, between the two, I go Coke Zero. All right, fair enough. This Coke has been the Insert Credit Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash icpodcast. Honk. You can look us up on iTunes by searching Insert Credit. Leave us a nice review. Give us a rating. Uh, you can subscribe to our RSS at Tim. What's that link that I sent you? You got it on hand? It was insertcredit.com slash media slash insertcredit.xml. That's the one. If you're not subscribed to that, you're subscribed to the wrong thing. So don't come talking to me about how we haven't updated because that is the real RSS. Anyway, stick around because for the next 20 minutes, we'll be answering your questions. And if you missed out on the live show, then make sure you make it next week. I've hey, before been... we before we do the outro completely, sure. uh, we haven't done a reminder in a while of uh, nominations for best games of all time. And what was the other one? Best Genesis games. Right. If you want to send your nominations for the best video game of all time, or the best Genesis game of all time, send either the subject B G O A T for uh, Big best goat. game of all time, B Goat, or B G G O A T, Big Goat. <laughs> Uh, to <laughs> podcast at insertcredit.com. You can also send your questions in over there uh, for if you want to write your own topics for the show. We read some of those. And you can tell us for an upcoming special for a one-year anniversary in a few months uh, what your favorite topics on the show were so we can c- revisit them in the special Revengeance episode. Yeah. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm, I'm Tim Rogers. Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield all by myself. And this is podcasting. Podcast over, yeah!